memory working and be able to say each of the verses. Uh, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Isaiah 53, 4. All right, you may work on that one. Our... If our ushers would come, we will receive our tithes and offering. While we are receiving the offering here in our service, let me share a great need, your prayers. Please pray with us that God would use and bless the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. This program is a ministry of Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland. If the Lord would lay on your heart to donate to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour, we will provide our contact information at the end of this program. We will now return to the service. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain Free to all a healing stream Flows from Calvary's mountain In the cross, in the cross Be my glory soul shall find rest beyond the river near the cross a trembling soul love and mercy found me there the bright and morning star Sheds its beams around me In the cross, in the cross Be my glory ever Till my raptured soul shall find Rest beyond the river 
watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand, just beyond the river, in the cross, in the cross, be soul shall find rest beyond the river. John chapter 3 this morning, please. John chapter 3, and we'll read verse 16 and 17. And if you can, stand with me in honor of God's word. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's bow in prayer, please. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can be here in this place today. We thank you for our church. Thank you for all your blessings and mercies to us. We thank you for this wonderful time of year when we remember uh, the coming of the Son of God into this world uh, to provide salvation for us. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to serve you. Help us to be a testimony and a witness to family and friends and neighbors and workmates during this season. And throughout this new year, we pray your blessing now upon our pastor as he comes to deliver the word. We pray that you'd bless the services today. We pray that we might have uh, visitors, that there might be people here who uh, need to hear the gospel and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your blessings. And we pray, Lord, you'd bless us here today that all would glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. I would like to thank the ladies for singing. And what a majestic song. It really puts together why Jesus Christ came as a babe and, and what the celebration of this season is all about. Not only just a cute little baby in a manger, but his whole purpose in coming was to die upon Calvary to pay our sins penalty. This is probably one of the most unique seasons out of all of the year. It may be the most celebrated holiday around the world, whether it be celebrated in a sacred way or in a secular way. Um, really, it generates an awful lot of celebration with that. For many, it's a time of travel. Some will be traveling a lot of miles to be with family. It's been a very busy... I heard uh, DIA and how many uh, travelers they have put through security up into the millions, I think it is, that have been going through the uh, security in that area. And so there's a lot of people that will travel. Many will be with family and uh, be making memories. And uh, you might uh, also, with with all of those special memories that you're going to be making uh, this week with family, you might remember those that they only have the memory of a loved one that has passed away.
and uh, there are several even within our church that this will be the first Christmas that uh, since their wife passed away or a husband passed away, a parent passed away, this will be their first Christmas uh, without them. And, And so there will be unique memories with that. Now, I want to focus on the birth of Jesus this morning. And I want to share with you what I think is the greatest marvel in regards to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of marvelous things that took place. It is a miraculous thing. It is a work of God. And there's a lot of marvelous things. I'm not going to start with the most marvelous. I'm going to say what is not the most marvelous, but yet very marvelous. It is a marvel that his birth and coming was planned before the foundation of the world. Isn't that unusual? That that is a marvel. And it's one thing, uh, and, and we understand and, and we believe in the eternality of God and, and how God reveals himself through, through the Bible and, and what we know about God and what he wants us to know. And as an omniscient God that has foreknowledge, that before Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, not only before the creation and the work of creation, but also after the uh, fall of sin, before all of that, God in, in his marvel foreordained and planned the birth of Jesus Christ. That would come several thousand years after creation. First Peter chapter 1 verse 20 says, Who verily, and talking about Christ, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now when I stop to think, God knew how men would sin. He, he knew what was going to take place. And yet he still chose to move forward with it all. He still planned it. And sometimes I had wondered, why would God do that? And knowing that all of sin would break loose and and everything that would transpire, why would God do that? And the best answer I have comes from Ephesians 2, 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And in the ages to come, even through these ages and eternity to come, it is going to be a display, not only of the holiness of God, but the riches of his grace. I mean, it is beyond our comprehension, the riches of God's grace that he would do this. Now, truly, it is a great marvel that our triune God would plan this birth before creation, knowing the sin of man. But still, this is not the greatest marvel. Now, there's another marvel that I will build up to the greatest one. It is a great marvel that his birth was a fulfillment of many prophecies. You've heard me say from time to time that in in his conception, birth, life, uh, ministry, death, burial, and resurrection, he fulfilled 330 Old Testament prophecies. But even in his birth, there's more than six, but I have six of them that he fulfilled. Number one, for us today, unless 
they go in and induce labor. We really don't know what day somebody will be born, for sure. What hour, what moment. Um, and in advance, we don't know whether it will be a, a male or female. And I'm talking before conception. Sometime afterwards, they're able to uh, identify the gender of the little one. But what about a thousand years in advance? What about 500 years in advance? When our fourth one was born, just talking about the place of, of where the birth would, would happen, when our fourth one was born, we were 80 miles from the hospital where the, our little one was to be delivered. And uh, the doctor said, be ready to have to stop anywhere between here and there because after the first or second one, they, they can come rather quickly. And he said, be ready. You may have to stop along the road somewhere and deliver this baby before you get here. And so until we arrived at Ord, Nebraska, so my wife could have our, our uh, little Betsy delivered in a hospital, we really weren't sure where she was going to be born. Whether it was going to be in the back seat of the car, uh, there was a place about halfway between where we lived and, and the hospital, and, and it was a little post office, and that was all that was in that town. And more than once, I think somebody was headed to the hospital, they stopped there and had their baby delivered. Uh, themselves at that little uh, post office uh, in that small town. And so we weren't sure, but do you know what? Before the foundation of the world, God knew exactly when and where his only begotten son would be born. Now, now here's some of these prophecies. 1,800 years prior to the birth of Christ, you'll find in Genesis chapter 12, we are told and promised that Jesus Christ would be born of the line of Abraham. He would be out of that family line. Then you move forward just a little less than 200 years in 1,660 years prior to the birth of Christ. In Genesis 49, we learn which tribe out of Abraham Jesus would be born. You see, there was Abraham, and he had the son of promise, Isaac, and, and then they had the two boys, and, and it was Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons. And, and uh, by the time you get to the end of Genesis, we know which son and his tribe will be the ones that will produce the Messiah, and it is Judah. It would not be Levi. It would not be uh, one of the other Issachar or one of the other sons or their tribes, but we learned that it would be out of the tribe of Judah. Let's move forward a little further in time. 1,000 years before the birth of Christ, we learn that the Messiah will be born of the line of David. That's in Second Samuel. And so here we have this whole family tree as it's building. And we know that the Messiah is going to be born out of Abraham and then out of Judah. And there's another one, and I didn't bring that one, but it's about the same time. It would be out of the family of Jesse and then out of David for the kingly right. And then in Isaiah 60, 710 years before the birth of Christ, it is prophesied that he would be worshipped by Gentiles that would come from afar. Isn't that amazing? 
Now, so many times, and we'll, most of you know this, but uh, we think of the three wise men. Uh, people, you look at nativity scenes and they talk about three wise men. We know there was three gifts that they gave, but we do not know how many wise men. It was probably a large entourage that traveled from the east. He was rejected of his own, but Gentiles from afar traveled following a star. And it talked about that star that it was prophesied. And they followed the star and they followed and they came to the place which was not the the manger or the stable because by this point he was old enough and moved out of there into a house and it was a little sometime after his birth but before two years of age they came and they would worship baby Jesus. That was prophesied 710 years in advance. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, 700 years it was prophesied that he would be born in the town of Bethlehem. And here's one more. 530 years before his birth, Daniel chapter 9 gives us the exact time of his birth and when he would be born. Now, isn't that marvelous? This, this is no common birth. And having had four children, not even they were common, to put it that way. Every birth is special. Every birth of a child is miraculous in and of its own self. It's, it's a marvelous work of God as the bringing forth of a new child. But for all of these things to be prophesied and fulfilled to a T. It wasn't just, well, they almost made it to Bethlehem, but they couldn't wait, so they had to pull into the post office and have the baby. It didn't happen that way. They made it to Bethlehem on the exact time that he should have been born. There's even another fulfilled prophecy that is both miraculous and marvelous, and that is the virgin conception and birth of Jesus Christ. This is beyond our comprehension. There are those that try to deny the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. But my friend, if this is not true, then we have no Savior. This is of absolute importance that he was born of a virgin. Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, some try to say that out of Isaiah seven fourteen, the word virgin, and you'll find some of the bad translations say it was a young woman. Do you know what? This passage is speaking of giving a miraculous sign that's going to happen. Young gals having babies was not a miraculous sign. It had to be a virgin birth. We don't know the mechanics of this. We know that Jesus was born of a woman, but not of a man. It is a miracle beyond our understanding. But in his birth and and in, in the making of his birth, it is miraculous and marvelous. Because in the way God had him born, he was so much a man as though he were not God. Yet he was so much God as though he were not man. And both was absolutely essential in who he is. 
And in his birth, he needed to have the humanity so that he could be the perfect man that is without sin so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to pay our penalty for sin. But at the same time, he had to be God incarnate in that child so that he could not only pay the sacrifice for one, but taste death for every man, as it says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9. This is a marvel and a tremendous miracle. All of these prophecies are miraculous and marvelous in their fulfillment, but to me, they are not the greatest marvel of them all. Let me tell you what I think is the greatest marvel about the birth of Jesus Christ. And it comes from John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This has to be a love that is beyond measure. It has to be a gift that I can't even begin to wrap my arms around. It would be like trying to embrace Long's Peak. I can't get my arms around it. I can, by faith, receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. But how do you fathom that in the foreknowledge of God and in the omniscience of God, knowing what humanity would become in all of its sin, that God would still love us enough to send His only begotten Son. Now, to me, that is a marvel. All all these other marvels and miracles are true and characteristic of our God and, and we would expect nothing less. And I'm sure with this one, we would have to feel the same way. But in, in, in the uh, finiteness of my own thinking and knowing how people are so many times, how many of us, when somebody hurts us, we shut them out of our life and, and we never want to forgive them. We want to carry that grudge and, and that, that bitterness as a badge of honor to our grave. So many in humanity are just like that. But God knew before he even spoke the first word of creation, the first day of creation, God knew what we would become and he still loved us enough. And he still gave and planned to give his only begotten son. I think of, of, of how humanity would think that, wow, if we're going to put all of this together, yeah, we'll go ahead and put it together. And we'll let it all build up and then we'll let them face the blunt of our wrath and let them pay for their failure. Let them pay for their rejection. Now, folks, there is the wrath of God to fear and to face without Christ. But you don't have to. Because God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. That is the marvel of marvels to me. He knew at that point uh, before he created and and when they chose as a triune God, they knew that one third of the heavenly host would rebel after their creation. He knew that. And he knew that they would be instrumental in defiling and destroying 
the rest of his creation. He knew before that first day of creation that Eve would be deceived and take of the forbidden fruit and offer to her husband who would willfully partake of it and begin the sin curse of humanity. God knew what the sin-cursed world would do to humanity and would become. Can you imagine being the perfectly holy God who is a perfectly just God and a righteous God watching what your creation had become by Genesis 6 when in verse 5 he talks about that every imagination is continually and only evil and wicked. And it all becomes so wicked that God had to destroy it by a universal flood and save only eight people alive to start all over. But even in his grace and mercy with that, he had Noah preach 120 years, but not one other person would repent and seek safety in God. God knew this. And yet he still gave his only begotten son. He, he knew that his son would come unto his own and be rejected. You know, that's, that's a tough thing. You have your own family. Now, I, I hope this never happens here within our church family. But could you imagine being a part of this church family for years. And one Sunday, beyond understanding, everybody rejects you. Everybody shuns you. And you see, it wasn't because Christ was a sinner or bad or anything like that. He was without sin. That'd be a hard thing to take. That would be a hard thing to experience. But Jesus Christ came unto his own. John chapter 1 and uh, verse uh, 12, I believe it is. And his own rejected him. You might expect that from the rest of the world, but his own rejected him. He knew that would happen. Yet he still loved so much that he gave his only begotten son. Is that not a marvel of all marvels that our God would do such a thing? He knew just how wicked humanity would become even in the 21st century. The countries that, that were raised up with his blessing and established using God's word to, to write our laws and our constitution and our, and our bill of rights and, and all of this. And, and we did use it. I know they're trying to rewrite it and obliterate that out of our history, but that is our history. And uh, the strength, they, they came, foreigners would come and look at what made America so strong yesteryear. And they said it was the churches and the preaching and their faith in God that made us such a strong nation. And a nation like that has abandoned God and become as vile and wicked of a nation as we are today. 
and we're not the only one. He knew that, and yet God loved so much, he gave his only begotten son. What is the scope of this heavenly gift? This is those times where we wrap gifts and give each other. Marketing has made that a little easier. Now you have this bag and you can put all this tissue stuff and just stuff a gift in there so you don't have to really work to try to make wrapping look nice. But it, that doesn't take place of being able to take this great big box and keep putting little boxes in it with a gift down in there. Well, imagine this great big gift box, not just with shrinking boxes in there, but this gift that has a multitude of gifts inside it. And as you unwrap that big box, God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the big gift. But it is a gift that keeps on giving. And so out of your, your imagination and out of your, your, your thinking of what God has done, take it a little further than that and think of just how full of gifts that gift is. It is a gift. Unwrap this gift. It is a gift where he purchased our pardon. He redeemed us from the penalty of sin by giving us his son who tasted death for every man. Understand, back in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. And the reason he didn't have to do that is because we're already under condemnation. He didn't have to restate that. He came that through his death, burial, and resurrection, every person would have the opportunity to be saved and right with God. And with that, he purchased our pardon, served our penalty on our behalf. I understand that uh, one governor on his way out pardoned something like 46. It was, it was a large number of criminals he pardoned. And amongst them, there were several murderers that he pardoned. I don't know why he did that. I don't know the, the facts of all of those cases or the merit or the lack of merit in any of those cases. But the reality is, Every one of them that will receive a pardon from the governor will not have to face that punishment any longer. They're completely delivered from it. It's over with. When he purchased our pardon, understand this, that we were condemned to spend an eternity in hell where the worm dieth not and where there's no quenching of it. It is perpetual torment. That's the punishment of sin. There's nothing that you and I can do to buy our way out of there. There's nothing that you and I can do to work our way out of that penalty, to escape that penalty, except to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's the only way this can happen. And he purchased our pardon. And once we receive that pardon, we will never have to pay that penalty. It's been paid for once. 
reach into that large box and pull out another one. Here's a gift and you unwrapped it and it's forgiveness. It talks about how he died for our forgiveness of sins. And in God to be forgiven of sin means they will never be remembered against us again. Some will say, well, God has forgotten our sins. Well, an omniscient God cannot forget things. He can choose not to bring them up against us. And that's what this is. Forgiveness. All of us understand what it's like to have wronged somebody or to have been wronged. And I hope all of you understand this type of biblical forgiveness first through Jesus Christ with God but also in relationships where you have been wronged or you have wronged to where there has been forgiveness between the the parties and it is such that, oh, you don't forget it, but you never hold it against them again. That's the forgiveness that our Savior has provided for us. And then here is another gift, justification and a robe of righteousness. Do you know what? When we learn about some of our past, sometimes when we see each other, we might think about uh, those things of the past, but we will not hold it against you. But this, this term of justification in the robe of righteousness, the pardon threw away our old filthy rags. And in essence, spiritually we're left naked. But then Jesus Christ gave us his robe of righteousness to cover us. So when the heavenly father sees us, he never sees the old filthy rags of who we were before. Isn't that something? That's justification. Open up another gift and there we find the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, it is a marvelous thing that a God would, would, would give his only begotten son to pay sin's penalty and give us salvation and give us eternal life. But, but the gifts that he has given didn't stop there. They just keep giving. We were not worthy of the salvation and we are not worthy of any of the following gifts that he has given to us, but he keeps on giving. Is not this marvel, the greatest of all marvels, that he would do this? Also to know another gift is the son is at the right hand of the father interceding for us. You know, life can be challenging. Actually, it can be downright tough. And we can face tribulation, we can face temptation, we can face testing. And we have a Savior that not only cared enough to save us, but He's standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding on behalf of us. So that everything that happens in our life can be used to glorify God. He knows the trouble or the adversity you're facing right now. He knows the struggle that you're going through right now. And every one of us has an intercessor at the right hand of the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. It's comforting and encouraging to know that we have somebody praying and interceding for us. 
almost every Sunday morning, I receive a text from a pastor that is up in the Wisconsin area. And he says, brother, I'm praying for you this morning. I've met certain individuals that as they, I uh, greet them and ask them how they're doing, and they will say, brother, I'm praying for you every day. I'll tell you what. One of the things that, that I hate to hap- happen in my life is for one of my prayer warriors to die and go to heaven. I don't, I don't begrudge him going to heaven, but I hate losing a prayer warrior that intercedes for me. My mother said that she prayed for me often. My grandmother, Sukra, prayed for me often. You don't get very many prayer warriors on your behalf. But every believer has one, always one, that, that never, never forgets, never is, is negligent, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what the challenge, no matter what the grief, no matter what it is in your life, Jesus Christ, the righteous, stands at the right hand of the Father and is interceding for us. And then we have an open invitation to come to the throne of grace for help whenever we want to. We don't have to make an appointment. We don't have to stand in line. We can immediately enter the throne of grace and find help in time of need because he said, cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. Open up another gift. He has given us a peace and a joy that the world doesn't understand and can't take away. They can sidetrack our focus. We can face some some pretty difficult times in life that, that can just really pull us down. And sometimes we lose our focus of our relationship with Jesus Christ. But do you know what? If we would put our focus in the right place, one thing we understand is there's nothing this world can do to take away our joy. There's nothing this world can do to take away our peace with God. And that's what he has given us. They're talking about so much uh, mental illness and and so much emotional turmoil. And quite frankly, our world's full of it. And Proverbs says the life of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. And it's hard emotionally, it's hard mentally in many of those cases. But folks, when you're just at peace with God, you have a peace in your heart. And that's one of the things we we talk about peace and joy around this season. The most important joy that a person can ever have, the most important peace that a person can ever have is that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ alone that he gives both peace and joy. Reach down a little deeper and there's one more gift I'll mention. And, you know, this box is full of gifts. We don't have time to go through all of them. But I'll mention one more, a prepared home in heaven. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again to receive you unto myself. He's preparing a place eternally. It'll be a wonderful place. And you know what? What'll be nice? Now, I know some people just really enjoy construction and building and doing those things. Most of the time I do it because it's needed. But I'm going to enjoy that prepared place because I'm not going to have to remodel it. I won't want to remodel it. It'll never wear out, never, never need improvements or anything like that. It'll be perfect and perpetual a prepared place, and it'll be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Now, to me, this is the greatest marvel about the birth of Jesus Christ. It's full of miracles. It's full of marvels. But the greatest marvel to me is understanding before the foundation of the world what man would become through the curse of sin, and God still loved us so much that he still gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a great marvel. And uh, I, I suppose there's one other marvel of a much a lesser degree, but it is a marvel that any man, any woman, any child who could understand what Jesus Christ has done could reject him as their Savior. You see, the blindness of sin and the deception of a sinful heart is a horrible tragedy with eternal consequences. And for you and I who, who have that peace that passes all understanding where we have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and we have this hope and we have a purpose in our life, we have a joy and, and Maybe we've forgotten a little bit of what it was like to to have that spiritual blindness and and hardness of heart before we got saved and and before we understood that. But my friend, this this is a great tragedy of eternal consequences when somebody who can look at at a nativity scene, and we don't have as many of those around as there used to be. Most of the decorations around our communities are secular and not sacred anymore. But if they could walk by a nativity scene and look at the babe in the manger and still walk away with hardness in their heart. I don't understand that. I am unworthy. I was unworthy to receive the grace of God. But I rejoice that that I have. And my heart breaks for those that just don't understand it. Oh, that their eyes would be open to the goodness of God's salvation and that they would not see Jesus simply as a babe, but they would look at him as the one that was sent to be their savior and taste death for them. And they would receive him by faith. This is the marvelous thing of Christmas. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, I do... uh, I just adore you and worship you that you would love us enough to do this and to give as you have given. And Father, we want to say thank you with with the biggest of thank yous that we can. And then, Father, I think of those whose whose eyes are, are yet blind and hearts yet hard. Father, I pray that something would happen during this season that the light could shine through the darkness to their heart.
with an understanding that would bring them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Once more, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Or you may go to our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com and click on the Give tab. We would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 9.30, Sunday school at 10.50, and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And until we meet again, be sure you are... Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love. Sheltering all is sheltering all. I'm living by faith. I'm living by faith and feel no
shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I'll work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin's son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. Hi, folks. Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you could invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888-Y-REFI-24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them Joe sent you. Hi, everybody. Glenn Tate, co-host of Prepping 2.0. Shelby Gallagher here. Join us Saturdays at 9 a.m. Right here on 1360 KHNC. Where we bring you great ideas to take your preps to the next level. I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code KHNC. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. 
My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love my slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com, use your promo code to save $90. KHNC. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. This is Tammy with Naturally Inspired Health Network. We created a group with real solutions for healthy living. Providers with products and services we trust. Need pain relief? Christy Sullivan, Vitality for Life. Want acupuncture? Debbie Ireland, Touch of the East. Looking for a medical doctor? Dr. Sharon Montez, Living Well Health Group. Solutions for health insurance? Wendy Scipioni, MPB Health. NaturallyInspiredHealthNetwork.com. Connecting people with real solutions for health. Bleed Stop, clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound, apply direct pressure, and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds, Bleed Stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American World Hegemony, The New World Order, Secret Societies, One World Religion, Weather Warfare, International Wars, Transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. Nothing says upscale kitchen more than a pro-style range, but can your home kitchen handle one of these brawny beauties? Adding a commercial range adds extra effort to your kitchen remodeling project. Tom and Leslie walk you through the to-dos on the next Money Pit Home Improvement Show, Saturday at 11 a.m., right here on AM 1360. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 a.m., Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. All of your electronic devices can be severely damaged by lightning bolts and power surges. Even worse, an EMP attack can destroy everything, leaving our technology-dependent society with no technology. But don't let that be you. 